We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for the DFS Pick 6, Roto World's DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Grain, and that guy laughing right there. That's Evan Silva. Mr. Silva, how we doing, buddy? We're doing all right, man. Just, you know, telling some uh, pre, pre-show pre jokes. Uh, <laughs> did anybody tweet this out? I need to, re- I need to uh, retweet it. Oh, uh, here, let me tweet it out real quick, because, like, the right. Silva bump on Twitter is real. Like, you, okay. seriously, if Evan retweets, he's, like, good for a... 15 followers minimum. So I'm going to go ahead and tweet it out while I'm doing that. Reeves, how you doing, man? Doing real good. You know, I was talking to Rochelle and I'm pretty glad we spent all of, you know, 45 seconds talking about Calvin Ridley last week. <laughs> you know, had we spent, I mean, that's better than zero minutes, zero seconds. You know, like we could have just spent 20 minutes on a game and then just never mentioned Calvin Ridley. Obviously he went off for three scores last week and, you know, it was last week kind of what now we thought it was going through a lot of points for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. A lot of points in that Atlanta-New Orleans game. Evan, unfortunately, you didn't actually need any of the Chiefs guys to take down tournament. It was kind of an interesting week. Evan? Yeah, very, very interesting. <laughs> I, I had a 10% Calvin Ridley. Uh, I had a great lineup with Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley together. But, of course, I had friggin' Latavius and Vikings defense. Uh, in the same lineup and you know of course w- was able to win nothing with that but it, it was fun just to be kind of on that um, Calvin Ridley going forward is going to be very interesting you know his he really was not a factor in the preseason even in week one uh, it didn't look like he was going to be a factor but every week it has grown a little bit and last week it got to the point where the Saints were so he was so dominant in that game that in the second half, they took Marshawn Lattimore, their number one corner, pulled him off of Julio and put him on Calvin Ridley. Okay. That's Calvin bizarre. Ridley, like in terms of his skill set and the way that he plays, reminds me a lot of uh, old uh, Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, super quick in a short area. This week, going to be running most of his routes against Dre Kirkpatrick, more of like a stiff, upright cornerback for the Bengals who has been struggling. Uh, it's a really a mismatch again in Calvin Ridley's favor. 
he's obviously not going to produce like he did last week and, and his ownership will probably still be too high. And Hey, this is a, an incredibly high variant sport, but man, he's got another really good matchup on deck uh, at the Mercedes Benz dome in Atlanta. Yeah. And you know, this isn't Kevin really didn't come out of out of nowhere, you know, Atlanta spent a lot of draft capital on him. He's a top receiver coming out of high school over in Alabama. So I could definitely see him, you know, emerging. And hey, who knows, Reeves? Maybe we'll get Julio a touchdown if people are focusing on Calvin Ridley. <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, I don't know if we can hold our breath for it, but I mean, I, I like Julio. We'll, I think we're going to talk about that game. Is it that game we, on the slate? It is. Or are we just doing it now? No, we're going. We're going back because we're talking about the game that we love as fantasy players, but literally nobody's going to go to. It's Houston at Indianapolis, 47-point total. Indianapolis at home, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. And Reeves, it's weird because I think people are going to look at this game and say, all right, I want these Houston pieces. I want some Deshaun Watson. I want DeAndre Hopkins. I want Will Fuller. And I can't help but feel that even though Indianapolis is favored, people don't really love the Indianapolis side. What do you think about the Colts side here? Yeah, the cold side is tricky just because there there really is no run game what to speak of, and they're running out like a hodgepodge of guys trying to just get just try to get something by. I mean, they tried to run for about two possessions last game and just chalked that up. They knew they weren't getting anywhere on the Eagles front. They lost their right tackle, their second right right tackle for the season. I well, I think Joe Higgs coming back at some point, but he got he got knocked out of the game last week. And Denzel Good came in and was just getting dominated. He's going to go up into J.J. Watt this week. And J.J. Watt kind of came back to life like Evan said he would against the Giants offensive line. It's a similar spot for J.J. Watt in this one. But, I mean, the Colts just don't have a lot of attractive individual pieces. They're kind of like – they've got T.Y. Hilton, who they've kind of relegated into like a possession-type receiver. I mean, his dot is eight, eight yards right now, T.Y. Hilton. The T.Y. Hilton we've, we've grown to love throughout our life, the guy that – gets in the slot and just runs vertical routes off of guys is averaging eight yards a target. That's like what this new offense and catering to Andrew Luck's noodle arm is, has gone to. But, I mean, T.Y. Hilton is a guy that historically has, has roasted the Texans. You know, it's, he's got 500-yard gains against them. 25% of his career touchdowns have come against the Texans. The Texans aren't good. They just woke up the dormant New York Giants offense, uh, you know, defensively a week ago. Uh, so, I mean, it's – it's just really Hilton. I think if Doyle's out, I think Ebron will be interesting to see if people want to go back to him because Ebron left a lot of meat on the bone like Ebron is prone to do. But listen, Ebron had 11 targets. He had three end zone targets. He almost had a couple touchdowns in that game. It just didn't work out. And the Texans have just been dreadful guarding tight ends out of the gate. 13 of 14 targets the tight ends have been completed, almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. It'll be curious to see if Doyle's out, if anyone goes back to it. Um Luck, I think, is fine to, like, hey, it's a QB2 opportunity and, like, redraft. But, like, DFS, I, I, I mean, I'm not going around that that boat. Yeah, I mean, Emma, what do you think about Andrew Luck? Because, obviously, you know, it's been – everybody knows by now that he he's struggling to throw down the field. He's not really throwing down the field, field at all. Do you think this is going to be an issue long-term for Luck, Evan? Uh, well, I was pretty skeptical of Andrew Luck just entering the season. Um, so I, I don't want to get like caught up in, in taking like a victory lap for that. You, you know, I, his, his uh, highest, uh, weekly finish so far as quarterback 11. Um, and I was, again, I was skeptical of him entering the season, but I don't want that to, you know, we, when we play daily fantasy, it's a week to week game. And I don't want, you know, that to like, you know, 
uh, infringe upon my view of him on a weekly basis. Uh, this Texans defense is very, very beatable. Okay. We just saw Eli Manning finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback against them. Their outside cornerbacks are bad. Okay. They lost Kevin Johnson early in the season. They've been using Kareem Jackson, a safety slash slot corner on the outside. Uh, Jonathan Joseph is, I think he's washed. You know, he's 35 years old. On the other side, T.Y. Hilton is going to be matching up against those guys. Eric Ebron can't possibly do worse than he did last week. T.Y. Hilton has a great history not only uh, against the Texans, but of also just playing at home at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. And Andrew Luck, although he has not been stretching the field, he is sixth in the NFL in pass attempts. Um, I am going to have uh, at least one tournament team uh, uh, with Andrew Luck plus T.Y. Hilton and or Eric Ebron this week for sure. I think that uh, Andrew Luck will probably be way underowned. What to me uh, has been a little bit concerning is that Andrew Luck has not really been running a whole lot. Last week he did rip like a 30-yard run, but before that he had I think nine yards in two games. Um, but you know, maybe uh, breaking that long run will give him some more confidence to run. That's always been like an underrated part of his game. Uh, and, you know, now there are like all these questions about him and it's like a big, big narrative because of the, uh, you know, pulling him uh, for the Hail Mary in favor of Jacoby Brissett. So I'm definitely going to have uh, at least one significant tourney team with Andrew Luck plus T.Y. Hilton and or Eric Ebron this week. I mean, I think it's a great week to pivot onto that in a great matchup at home. Well, and then if you're going to play that, I assume Reeves, who are we going to run it back with on Houston? Because I'll tell you what, the Houston Texans side seems a heck of a lot more obvious than the Indianapolis Colts side because, you know, you can play T.Y. Hilton or no, I'm sorry, you can play DeAndre Hopkins. You can play Will Fuller. I mean, there are a number of options on Houston that are going to be popular and Reeves, I think they're really good players. Yeah, I think that you'll see Will Fuller. Uh, I had a lot of Will Fuller last week just kind of riding the wave, and his price is going to continue to spike like it did this week. A lot of people are just going to keep riding him, and he scored in every game now with Deshaun Watson, and we talked about it last week. It's not that he's just catching these bombs either. He's starting to stack, like, really productive games. He's got five or more catches now in the last three games he played Watson. He's going over 100 yards in all those games. He's getting short yardage near the goal line targets now I mean it's it's all just manifested into him being the type of player he was you know at Notre Dame now and it's and he's just gonna be a guy that people want to own Hopkins has been like a little quiet but I mean it, this was what you expected from Hopkins coming this year he wasn't gonna score touchdowns at the rate he did last year I think his like over under coming to the year was like nine and a half like in, in most books so uh, he's kind of on that trajectory, but he's still got double-digit targets every game. This team also is just bad, like Evan said. Like they've trailed, they've trailed every offensive snap. They're the only team in the league that hasn't had the lead while they while they've uh, had the ball. Um, and Deshaun Watson hasn't really done anything outside of the fourth quarter every game. He has done every game. I think all and he's done one touchdown outside of the fourth quarter uh, this season. So it's been a lot of just junk script. Uh, you know, kind of getting his yards, but he's stacking yards. And the cool thing is he averages 40 yards rushing per game, real safe. I think he's just a real viable, again, his price really didn't move. He's viable if you want to run him out in cash and not pay up for the top guys. But this is a great quarterback week. There's not, we'll, we'll be talking about guys uh, for sure on this slate because there are just a plethora of passing options that you don't really have to pay for. Whereas last week, everyone wanted to jam Mahomes in. I couldn't jam Mahomes in. I just couldn't make it happen last week. 
Uh, and it, it, luckily it worked out. Watson was the guy. I played it cash. Um, and it just, again, you just have to not watch the first three quarters of football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get it, your stats. It, yeah, it just yeah. gets depressing at that point. But yeah. it's really just those guys. It's, I mean, it's, it's like the, uh, the, the, old, the old Russell Wilson rule. Yeah, yeah. Just just wait, wait till the fourth quarter. That's kind of where we are, and they have a lot of overlap into their games how they play now. Like except for Russell's not really running this year, but I mean it's just that's it. They want to play that Yolo ball, chunk plays. They'll give away, they'll sacrifice possessions where they they punt for four possessions in a row, but they're gonna have that one. You know they're gonna hit that money ball or you know push the ball downfield. That's kind of how they've been operating, and then. Crane will probably try to sell us on Lamar Miller again, but that's not. That's no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Crane, like, I just finished, man. That guy sucks. Like, I don't want to play anymore, Lamar Miller. You're not going to hear me talk about him anymore. I'm trying to. Every tra- week, tra- Crane, you're, 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 you are killing my bankroll with, with this uh, Lamar Miller. Love. Every- <laughs> it made sense. You know, and you know what? I haven't honestly, man. I look at a lot of matchups, and this is what I forget sometimes. I like talent. Like I, I, I feel like I look at matchups too much and I don't look at whether somebody's a good football player enough as much as I should. Lamar Miller, let's just face it, he's not a good football player. I'm done. I'm finished. All right, Evan, I'm saving your bankroll right now. I'm here for you, buddy. Well, ever since you won the Millie with Mohamed Sanu, I, I don't know <laughs> if you really love talent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I fell in love with Dante Moncrief late last week. How did that work out? Oh, God. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> He has like 220 DM, air yards. DM us. DM us. Whenever you find yourself in a dilemma like that, just hit us with a DM, please. <laughs> you got you got my back? Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I'm done with Lamar Miller. And as far as this Indianapolis running game, like we're all just washing our hands of this, right? Like, I, I mean, I know some people are talking about Heinz, but I'm just, I'm just not going here. Evan, are you have any interest in this Indianapolis running game? No, no. Um, what I wanted to talk about, though, is that the, the Colts have done a good job of limiting big plays, okay? And if you go back, and uh, Reeves really beat the drum for this uh, entering the season, that uh, Matt Eberflus, the, the Colts' new defensive coordinator, a, a, a disciple of Rod Marinelli, who's a, a disciple of Tony Dungy, uh, originator of, like, the Tampa, Tampa 2 cover 2 defense, um, that was the kind of scheme that the Colts were going to install this year, and they have. And if you think about what the cover two really uh, tries to emphasize is uh, trying to lengthen drives. Uh, you're, you're playing two safeties deep, okay? You are not giving up big plays. You're trying to win with your front, front four, which they kind of have. They're fourth in the NFL in sacks. Mar- Marcus Hunt is, is un- incredible on a tear. Um, but you, you win with your front four. You have speed uh, on the second level. That would be uh, Derek Brooks for the old uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would be Darius, Darius Leonard for today's uh, Indianapolis Colts. And you make tackles on the back end. And you try to make teams have 10, 12 play drives. You not give up big plays. And the Colts have been excellent at that, despite having – Pierre Desir, you know, who's like on his sixth NFL team and Nate Hairston, who played slot corner for them last year. uh, Those are their outside corners. They have not been giving up big plays. So if you just want to think like theoretically and schematically about, hey, how would the Texans tear this defense apart? It would be in the short to intermediate range. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins on the boundary and sleeper Ryan Griffin, who apparently some some sharp dudes were on last week. I know that I talked uh, on the Swolecast and uh, Tuttle 
Mr. Tuttle brought him up and Mr. Tuttle is super, super smart. Um, but I think that Ryan Griffin actually is interesting this week. Uh, if you look at like uh, what Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard did to the Colt zone defense last week, just smashed it. Uh, and Ryan Griffin has been, he's number 14 among tight ends in the NFL in routes run. I can get behind Ryan Griffin. Why not? I mean, again, I better than Lamar Miller. That's for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm all fine with Ryan Griffin. Anybody else that you're interested in today or in this slate reads? No, no, that's, that's pretty much it. We, we, we know the main guns here. All right, well, let's move on to the Bengals and the Falcons. And of course the Falcons, they're, they're a mainstay in this segment because we love talking about Falcons game. Defense is banged up. They pass a lot. They score a lot of points. Bengals, the four and a half point underdogs in Atlanta, 52 and a half point total. And look, the Falcons offense almost was what we thought it was. We thought they were going to pass for a bunch of touchdowns. Just none of it went to Julio shockingly. And, you know, Reeves, this, you know, this Falcons offense, like they're just going to keep passing the ball. Tevin Coleman's going to keep getting the rock enough for me, as long as Devonte Freeman's out. So what are you looking for is Atlanta here? Because Cincinnati's defense, I actually kind of respect it. You said you respect it. Yeah. Oh no, they're horrible. All right, fine. I think yeah. I think they got the pieces to be better than they've shown. They that that I, I, that, I that is true. Yeah, I expected to yeah. respect. Yeah. Them. yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I just feel like they're going to bounce back. Like there's no there's no way they're this bad. How about maybe, that? Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe when they get back, Vontez perfect. Maybe. Yeah, until he gets suspended <laughs> again. But yeah, I mean, game. if you go. But you go back to last year. So the Bengals now have allowed a top 13 fantasy quarterback all three weeks this year. And if you go back to last year, it's an eight of their past nine games. Like they were, they were dreadful to finish last year in, in, in terms of pass defense. And it's rolled right over to this year. I mean, if Cam had to throw in that game and he didn't have to throw, like they made that defense made Chris McCaffrey. We now we remember what Chris McCaffrey at Stanford looked like last week. Like he was, he was ripping off runs. He had more rushing yards than, you know, he probably had his last six or seven games combined, you know, in the NFL, you know, in that game. And he was ripping off chunk plays. Uh, this this defense, like I said, going back to last year has really struggled. Like you said, they've got some pieces. They should be better yeah. than what they are, but uh, they're, they, they have, uh, they forced a punt the fewest uh, amount in the NFL. Like teams are just driving on them, not giving up the rock. Uh, on them at any point in the game Matt Ryan's coming off two games at home at home again for the third week in a row he's had two just monster games at home and he's he's really gone away from that you look at the past two games it's because he's involving everyone everyone's getting the rock now in Atlanta and it's just it's like the, the year he won MVP I mean Julio had a, a bunch of targets but a bunch of other guys were involved and you're starting to see that again you know Cal Ridley emerge Austin Hooper has three targets inside the 10-yard line. Like, no one ever really wants to play Austin Hooper on paper. Like, everything's here. Like, we know Matt Ryan's probably going to be good. The Bengals still don't have Fontes perfect. They've been getting torched by tight ends. The only tight end they stopped was Ian Thomas, who just wasn't involved in the game plan, and the Panthers didn't have to throw. So, I mean, like, Austin Hooper's on the board in this game. Everyone's on the board for the for the Falcons. And if Freeman's out, then Coleman's on the board. He was kind of disappointing last week in, a, in that shootout, but at least he, he found the end zone for one one time but uh uh yeah when we get to the Bengals side so everything the Falcons I think it's just wheels up as usual in their third straight home game against the defense that has just been getting just been getting torched in the yeah past it, you know you kind of mentioned that like Matt Ryan spreading that around it a little bit and it's kind of it it stinks for me because I like these offenses where there's just one receiver I know who's going to get it and Evan Julio he's supposed to be that guy like 
We were supposed to get that with Julio Jones, but last week and the week before, he just keeps disappointing me. You know, I, he's, he's now, he's suddenly Lamar Miller for me, Evan. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa he, he really is like a classic, like game theory play though. I, I really believe that. And like last week, it seemed like everyone was on him. So I think that the, the, the best game theorist play was to not be on him. And now everyone's going to abandon him. So I think he, he becomes pretty interesting as a tournament play this week. Uh, what I really wanted to talk to about, talk about is what Reeves touched on. Uh, the Bengals interior run defense made Christian McCaffrey look like Ladanian Tomlinson <laughs> last week. And they lost Ryan Glasgow, who is a, a key component of their interior run defense, to a torn ACL. And this will be the last week that they're without Vontez Perfect. I've been on Tevin Coleman with moderate results each of the last two weeks. His price has not risen uh, very much on FanDuel. I'm sticking with him this week. That I'm telling you that Bengals interior run defense got destroyed by the Panthers who are without their stud right guard Trey Turner who have you know played musical chairs throughout the rest of their offensive line um this Falcons offensive line has been pretty darn good um I, I love Tevin Coleman as a play this week yeah and this is one of those rare games where you can actually be running backs from both sides because we like Tevin Coleman we like the upside in both the passing and the receiving game and then on the other side Giovanni Bo- Giovanni Bernard I mean against Atlanta we all know what you know, running backs have been doing against him Reeves can you think of a reason to fade Giovanni Bernard no and like absolutely none to be honest I mean he, he we talked about them just not having any depth and he, he handled 92 percent of the rushing rushing attempts last week for the Bengals the he we know he's he can't get scripted out of games uh he's still getting goal he got goal on work as, as evidence of, of last game and we've seen, you know, granted they faced Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara the past two weeks, but we talk about it every week on the show about Atlanta. I mean, this is this is the kind of defense they want to play. And you allow 14 receptions to a running back and follow up with 15 receptions to a running back. Uh, clearly part of the game plan. Like, McCaffrey is a little bit game script induced, but that was, that was the Saints game plan was to just feed Kamara out in space in that game. And that's what the Bengals should look to do with Giovanni Bernard. I mean, especially if A.J. Green's not going to be fully healthy. It, it sounds like he is. He's going to be good to go. But, I mean, Gio should be a focal point of what the Bengals try to do offensively. And his price really didn't move off of last week. And they've already declared Mixon out. So, I mean, just – I mean, full go. I don't I don't say you really fade Gio in cash at all. Yeah, I, I mean, in tournaments, like, he's so safe and he has upside. You know, last week, nearly 20 points, nine targets, and just 61 rushing yards. I uh, found the box once. But, like – I mean, this guy has more upside. Like, this guy can hit 30, I think. And I think the floor is probably closer to, like, 12 or 13. I mean, Evan, it's really, like, it's a don't get cute spot with Gio, right? Yeah, definitely. He was very close to having uh, two touchdowns uh, last week. They did, like, a play-action fake uh, with him where he just would have walked in the end zone, but they threw it to C.J. Uzoma. You know, which obviously do- doesn't help anyone, um, but he, but Geo literally would have just walked into the end zone uh, on that play, and I, I thought he looked excellent. Uh, and uh, Mark Walton had one carry; it didn't show up in the box score last week, but he had one carry, and it, he actually kind of looked good on the carry, but it was called back due to due to a penalty. 
Uh, so he wound up with zero touches in the game, played seven snaps. They just don't trust him at all. And I don't blame him because he stunk in the preseason. They don't trust him to pass protect. You know, he, again, he barely made the 53. I think it's going to be a ton of geo again this week, assuming that we don't see, and we're doing this show on Wednesday, assuming we don't see Joe Mixon come back and try to play this week, which I still think it's, I think is a small possibility, but I do think it, it, it is a possibility um, because uh, he like was active on the side of today's practice, but that'll just be something to watch out for. Hey, I'm going to be, Joe Mixon, if you're watching, and I know you're a big fan of the show, don't come and play this week. Like, just don't do it. Just stay away. We'll take Gio. You know, you mentioned uh, A.J. Green. You know, he's potentially going to miss this game. Evan, what does it do to the Cincinnati passing attack if A.J. Green is out? Well, he practiced on Wednesday. Okay. So uh, we are expecting him to play. It would be a surprise if he did not. Um, I think either way, Tyler Boyd is an awesome fantasy start. I love Tyler Eifert on FanDuel. 4,600? Are you friggin' kidding me? I love when we get the, like, the Silva Whisper. I know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it too loud. I understand. Ah. 4,600 for Tyler Eifert. His, his playing time has been like this. His targets each week have been like this. Now he's facing a Falcons defense that has lost its middle linebacker and both of its starting safeties since the beginning of the year, and he's minimum price. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good combination. I mean, that's a wild price over on FanDuel, especially against yeah. a team like Atlanta, where you just beat them in the middle of the field. And right. I, I mean, every year we get one of those like random Tyler Eifert three touchdown games. Like it has yeah, he's to, got multiple tug potential. Yeah, like every single year we get one of those, and I never know when it's coming. Maybe this is going to be the time when it's coming. Reeves, what about you? What do you think about this Bengals passing attack? Or is it is Andy Dalton just going to keep on crushing it for us? Yeah, I mean, I like Eifert a lot, especially on FanDuel. Like I said, where it's more touchdown-driven anyways inherently. And like Evan said, his routes, his snaps, everything's just gone up exponentially every week. He just, you know, and, and if people see like a guy like Uzoma score a touchdown, they think, you know, they don't bother to, to check. They just think, oh, well, Eifert's not healthy. He's not really getting the reps. So that's not the case at all. Yeah, uh, Dalton on DK is really nice. I think he's clocking in around 40, 5,400 over there. And he's got, he's got 15, 15 plus points every game. Uh, you know, if he didn't throw four picks last game, he would have had even more points. Um, kind of hurt himself a little bit there, but yeah, he for for the price and the squeeze there, and you got this this game, this total, the total on this game has just just risen so highly. I don't see any reason why uh, you would uh, run away from him over on, over on DK. So he's a little, it's a things are a little more jumbled on Fanduel, where like every quarterback is priced like a you know over you know this five hundred range. But on DK, you, you look at those gaps. Like last year, we thought we last week we said Matt Ryan was a clear gap. Why is he fifty seven? You know, and it's kind of like that with Dalton this week. He's priced down with Mayfields and guys like that. So I mean, it, he's a guy definitely you want to look to to, to squeeze in and, and free up some cap. Yeah, you know, I've actually been picking up Dalton in season, season long to streaming him. Mainly my Jimmy Garoppolo oh, teams. Oh, my Jimmy Garoppolo teams. You're, you're my Andy Dalton teams, though. That's such Good a, night, sweet prince. Yeah, that's such a depressing thing to say out loud. Oh, wait, Crane, you, you played season long this year and didn't get Pat Mahomes everywhere? I got him most places. I didn't get him everywhere, though. Neither did I. Yeah, I know. I, I got him a lot of places, though. Like, <laughs> if you look at my uh, – yeah. like, my best balls, I'm completely loaded up on Mahomes and best ball. But uh, – see. Like, my two biggest leagues, I do not have. What about Rex Burkhead? I have more than I should. 
which yeah, is, likewise. I mean, it's, yeah, like I, I got excited. I mean, I don't know. Like, how are the season long teams looking, Evan? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Evan beat me in a league by two points last week. That's right. I, oh, I, I, I looked at that score before and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, wanted I had Dan Bailey. Two. I had Dan Bailey at the big, no, the big zero. booth. <laughs> play kickers in that league it's awful <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean my one of my teams is it's two and one and it's not all that good and the other team is one and two and it's probably the best and i've scored like 50 more points than anybody in the league and i'm one and two good times over there with, with the season long crowd all right let's move on to our third game and you know i kind of mentioned the falcons every single slate well we got falcons in our you know in our discussion well here are the saints game the saints at the giants Total of 15 and a half, and the Saints are three and a half point favorites. And, you know, the Saints, we saw Alvin Kamara get 15 catches. We see Michael Thomas crush it again. Like, Evan, the Saints, it's just the usual suspects here. So is there anybody, anything different than we're looking at with the Saints this week as opposed to different weeks? Evan? All right, Reeves, uh, is there anything? Oh, there sorry, we are. Uh, no, uh, n- nothing that I mean particularly stands out. I don't think. Um, obviously, this will be the last week that we get Alvin Kamara without Mark Ingram, and that next week will become, uh, you know, the hot debate. Like, how much work is Mark Ingram going to get? You know, uh, if you go back and look at, at last year, like they were really trying to transition to Alvin Kamara in this lead back role. And now their offense is um, really geared toward Alvin Kamara, you know, so uh, will they change that? Uh, I think Michael Thomas can just whip up on uh, Janoris Jenkins. I I don't even think that that's a problem. Um, Ted Ginn has been poor on the road as opposed to at home uh, since he joined the saints. Um, you know, Alvin, uh, the, the Giants have given up 130 or more rushing yards in two of three games. Uh, and Alvin Kamara's, you know, his, his passing game usage has just been incredible. He can uh, work those linebackers. The, the question will be, and I would love to throw this to Reeves, do you expect a downturn in the Saints offensive production just because they're going on the road this week? I mean, the old bugaboo, I mean, you look at Breeze. I mean, yeah, the past three years, he's had 15 games outdoors. He's been a QB1 in just four of them. It's kind of one of those. He's been in a lot of spots like this, not a, mat, a lot of great matchups and kind of underperformed. They're also a road team coming off overtime, which historically has been, you know, kind of lack, yielded lackluster results. I know they, they scored on the first drive in overtime, but, I mean, you know, that's what made Washington such a hot bet last week against the Packers. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I also think, you know, from the other side, like we don't have to go on this flying blind now because it was going to be one of those where the Saints have been playing so bad defensively that we were going to have to try to make kind of an argument for the Giants guys based on matchup. But the Giants guys showed us last week that they actually played functional offense and could take advantage of a soft spot that, you know, that we don't have to really try to, you know, just mold that, just shape that up into just like a butt Saints defense, butt Saints defense type of an argument. Because it's going to – I think the Giants are going to score points. They're going to move the ball well in this game. Uh, they've got a lot of interesting plays on their side. But, I mean, anytime you have just a hyper-concentrated offense like New Orleans kind of has right now, and, I mean, Drew Brees is, is Drew Brees, um, 
teams aren't really scared to give up that kind of production to guys. And, and the Saints are, are a team, too, that really haven't played on script offense a lot. They have led for only 11 snaps the entire year. That's <laughs> it through three weeks. They've been playing a lot of catch-up. That's why you get a lot of Kamara dump-offs. You've had a lot of passing line. That's why they've got a great offensive line. They haven't been able to establish the run at all or try to because they, they don't play with any favorable game script. They haven't in any of the games. The Cleveland game was the closest they came to uh, to do that, and they were they were even chasing points in that game in the second half. You know, They were chasing, chasing scores. So it's interesting. I think Ben Watson's a little interesting. Um, the Giants, I mean, on paper, look like they've improved against tight ends, but like they faced Austin Severus Jenkins. Jeff Swaim and Ryan Griffin to start the year. Not exactly, you know, not exactly a murderous row. <laughs> quite a, not, not exactly a daunting rogues gallery. Hey, hey, uh, don't, don't forget about the Griffer. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that not, not really anything to scare off. But he's, ben Watson's actually been a tight end one in two of the three games that they've played now. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's fishing, down, fishing down the barrel. You're not going to play him. But, I mean, I'm just trying to – I'm trying to come up with something other than Kamara and Thomas because really all it is. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, think, I think Ben Tom, or uh, Ben Watson is definitely in play. You love Ben I, Watson. Well, I mean, hey, look, he—he's he a silver hit, staple. He, yeah. he could have hit big against the Browns, except Breeze just missed him in the back of the end zone. I, I'm telling you, if Breeze would have hit him for that touchdown, everyone would be playing him this week. I th- and I think it's perfect. Like, you know, obviously Kamara and Thomas, those are the two guys we're looking at, right? We love, we, you know, this, the saints offense revolves around those guys. But it's the secondary pieces. Cam Meredith came back last week. Traquan Smith. They said they were going to get him involved. Ben Watson, uh, Ted Ginn. Like Evan, how do we kind of sort through this just mess of saints secondary options? I mean, I, I think we just kind of did sort through it. I think it's, you know, Kamara and Michael Thomas at the top sort of looking at Ben Watson and Cam Meredith and Traquan Smith have just not arrived. Uh, do uh, like Ted Ginn at times when he's at home, but he's really done nothing on the road uh, since he joined the Saints. Uh, on FanDuel, just eyeballing it, the first thing that my eyes uh, trended toward at quarterback this week as a cash game play was Eli Manning. I know. I mean, that's, <laughs> God, that's sad. That's sad. It's not a, it's not a fun button to click. How cheap is it? Hold on. You say it's, I got to look at price. 71. 71. 71. Is that enough of a discount though? Like, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, and I look, I fully understand big total home quarterbacks and big total that are underdogs have historically proven to really mm-hmm. exceed value. And plus it's not a secondary that we're scared of. Obviously March on Lattimore, he should be shadowing Odell, but Lattimore hasn't played all that well this year. So like, I get what you're saying. Like, are we just going to load up on Eli to Odell teams maybe in tournaments? Well, uh, there are a bunch of different aspects that are mm-hmm. interesting about the giants passing game this week. Okay. Okay. First of all, um, Eli got the ball out quickly last week. He had the shortest time to throw in the NFL last week at 2.4 seconds. Uh, like you, you, you go and listen or you read like Bill Walsh, old books. His, uh, his time was uh, to, to get the ball out was 2.5 seconds. So Eli was beating that in Eli's first two games. He was at 2.7 seconds. So he was over that. Okay, so he improved his time to throw. He still wound up taking friggin' four sacks. His offensive line is bad, and that is not going to change. But now he's facing a Saints defense that has gotten like no pressure at all. 
um, and is on the road. You, you know, uh, offensive lines also tend to perform a little bit better uh, when they're at home. Uh, the, the target distribution is a little bit more narrowed without Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard is super interesting this week. The Saints just lost their slot corner, Patrick Robinson, uh, to a broken ankle. Uh, and Sterling Shepard runs in the slot. Uh, so we kind of know where the ball is going to be going. We're not really afraid of, of Marshawn Lattimore this year. I mean, there, there's really been no reason to be afraid of him. Odell Beckham will, will certainly be shadowed by him. And then you have the fact that the Saints have been legit shutting down the run. I mean, crushing against the run, which I didn't expect to continue last week because they were without uh, their starting middle linebacker and their starting nose tackle, but it continued. Uh, so, and I think that the best way for the Giants to play is to just play like, you know, short passing offense, get the ball out of Eli's hands quickly, get it to Saquon, get us to Sterling Shepard, get it to uh, Odell Beckham on the slants. And I think that they can they can win this game. I think that they can definitely win this game. So, I mean, Reeves, are we interested in Saquon this week then against, you know, you just said the Saints team, they've been good against the run, but at the same time, we know he's got some pass catching ability and that's probably the best way for the Giants to go. Do you have a lot of interest in Saquon Reeves? Um, he hasn't made a lot of initial builds, but I've mostly, you know, earlier in the week, I mostly just focused on like getting my cash lineup in order and then I'll, I'll make the lineups, you know, like you, I'm going to go on Saturday night and make, you know, get that spread, spread out those hundred lineups. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is, listen, he's got 20 touches in all three games, over 20 touches. He has a hundred yard rushing game. He has a hundred yard receiving game. And he has another game where he comboed up for 117 total yards. Like those are, those aren't guys we just fade. Like, you know, the, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, combo backs that, that can do it all and get a bunch of production, you know, especially in a game where we think could have, could have a shot to, to shoot out like two of the three Saints games have. Uh, like Evan talked about Sterling Shepard, no Evan Ingram is a big deal because Sterling Shepard, when he had that, when he had that juice, you know, last year, guys were out of the lineup the year before when he was getting all those target targets, it was just him and Odell. So you got target boost. They talk about Patrick Robinson. The Saints um, secondary has just been so bad, you know. Uh, I always make the corollary a lot. You know, we've done it, I think, on the show before where you know, the Saints are good last year, but secondary play in the NFL is a lot like MLB bullpens. Like, there's, a, there's like, guys that stay elite, but, like, usually there's, like, a lot of variants where, like, guys are good. And like, Ken Crowley was a guy who balled last year. Yeah. was really good. But, like, if you were to ask anyone if Ken Crowley is, like, an elite talent, the answer would be unequivocally be, like, no. No one would think that he's, like, a corner you need to avoid. And he's, he's clearly regressed this year. He's been just – he's just been terrible the first three games. And they got P.J. Williams on the field now, the, the kid from Florida State they drafted a couple years ago. He got just – I mean, he just got run in circles last week. And then you talk about Marshawn Lattimore. Combined, if you just look at what these guys have given up in coverage, P.J. Williams on the year, 8 for 9, 161, three touchdowns. Crowley, 14 of 18. 295, three touchdowns. Lattimore, 10 of 12 targets completed for 175 yards and a touchdown. This is – we're back to the Saints of old, baby. Like, it's this is, what, <laughs> this, is, this is like this is what we wanted. And, like I said, we don't have to, to force feed just the Saints narrative because the Giants had a soft matchup last week on the road, and they hit, and they hit on it. They, they, they showed us they could hit. So, I mean, we don't have to necessarily just dive in and hold our nose – on just the matchups. I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard to avoid Shepard where he's priced on both sites because of how we like to attack receiver play, um, you know, where we like to get the value, where we can buy targets. Like Tyler Boyd was that guy last week, you know, where we can buy targets uh, at a reasonable price, and Shepard is that guy this week. Didn't – I mean, I'm just – I don't. I haven't done this research yet, but didn't Shepard just crush last year whenever 
Ingram was out, or am I misremembering that? In- Ingram was in every game. Uh, it was when did I have it backwards? Or when, 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 when Sterling Shepard when Sterling Shepard was healthy, which uh-huh. wound, up, wound up only being like four or five games. Okay. Um, and Odell Beckham was out. Sterling Shepard had some monster games for sure. Yes, I mean it's really tough to imagine like you know, at least one of these guys are going to go off between Odell. Oh, yeah, we shouldn't ignore Odell either. Is, is he good at football? Uh, no. He's pretty oh, yeah. decent. You know, 200, <laughs> 200 yard games. The first, he's been kind of quiet. Hasn't scored yet. You know, hasn't scored that touchdown yet, but he's had 200 yard games, a lot of volume every week, you know, outside that Cowboys game. The Cowboys are kind of just a weird defense, man, for fantasy production because they, they make teams play slow. It's they're really frustrating. Um, but, you know, this we talk about it's wheels up. The Saints have allowed nine touchdowns to wide receivers already. Uh, they've allowed five pass plays of 47 yards or more. Four of those have been touchdowns. Like this, it. Odell's gonna blow up one of these weeks for like one, like one sixty or like one eighty, and like a long slant or like something to the house, and like as good as week as any. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, one of Odell, Saquon, or Shepard are gonna have a massive game, and maybe two of them are gonna have a massive game. And like to me, this is kind of one of my gonna be one of my favorite games to stack up because the primary pieces, you know where they are. And that makes stacking a game really easy. You know, you know, it's going to be Kamara Thomas on the Saints side. On the Giants side, it's going to be some combination of Odell, Shepard, and Saquon. So to me, you just kind of rotate around those guys. You want to throw some Ben Watson there, of course, that's fine. But like, you kind of just focus on those guys, right, right, Evan? Yeah. And you know, again, this Saints pass defense was like top five in the NFL last year. And it's still like kind of difficult for me to digest because they went out and upgraded their, their personnel. I mean, they traded a future first round pick to the Packers to move up for Marcus Davenport. I haven't seen Marcus Davenport. Like he's been a ghost, man. He's been a ghost. Uh, And they signed Patrick Robinson and he's not out for the year. Uh, they signed Kurt Coleman, you know, not helping. They signed Demario Davis in the middle, hasn't been helping. So it's it's still kind of stunning to me that they all of a sudden reverted to the Saints defense of old where they can't get any pressure. Uh, they can't cover anyone, but they are like a pass funnel because they're good at stopping the run. I mean, that's hot. That's hot for – passing game members on the other side yeah and the just Giants team I mean with look they just don't have the offensive line to combat that either like it's the the Giants are going to have to pass the ball they might have to throw it 45 times in this game to me like what's Eli's well what's the price over there on Eli over on DK let me see yeah 5600 for Eli baby doll all right that's where I'm going to be looking at a lot of my teams because again I can just play him play a couple of these Giants guys and load up some guys on the Saints and you know, my teams are easy that way. And then you look, by the way, for those of you who are right, well, isn't Eli going to be chalky? Eli Manning is never chalky. It ain't going to happen this week. So, yeah, if you feel free to load up on Eli over there. Let's talk about some other quarterbacks, guys. And Well, I, I, I want to uh, predict a narrative that I'm ready. entering week five, okay? All right, I'm ready. Because Sam Darnold is going to the Jaguars, and Eli Manning is about to bring the Giants to two and two with a win over the saints. Okay. So the, the pro uh, Giants should have taken the running back at two crowd is going to look really good after this week. And the uh, you know, pro 
what are you thinking? Why did you not take a quarterback at number two in the best quarterback class, you know, as judged by the NFL since 1983, they're going to be looking dumb uh, uh, entering week five. And you know, those people are just going to take victory laps because obviously, you know, two discussions like that, that should take 10 years to decide. Well, remember, remember, remember when everyone said that a lot of these guys were going to sit this year, guess what? They're all starting this week. Except Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a given. But everyone said, you know, these guys were going to end up sitting out for a, a lengthy period of time. And a lot of these teams brought in place holding quarterbacks. And look at – listen, tails all the time, man. You hear – you can say whatever you want in the summer, man, when it comes time. That these guys all find the field early in today's NFL. I, w- I will say, like, what do we think the uh, the Cardinals are doing? Like, they, you know, Josh Rosen's not playing. Evan, do you have a Cardinals rant for us? Oh God! I will. We we kind of like um, touched on it a little bit last week, didn't we? I uh, no no I, not I, enough. I said, I said they deserve to lose every game this year. <laughs> yeah, I just want yeah. more. I I um, always want a silver rant. Like life gets better when that happens. Yeah, let's. Uh, I I will prepare one for next week. How about that? It, 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 if yeah, they unless, lose, if they lose, which they will. Yeah, they will definitely. Yeah, of course they, they will. will. And uh, you know, I, I think seems- Russ is gonna light them up. By the way, I think Russ can have a really big game. Dude, Russ always crushes the Cardinals. Yeah, like, I remember. And it was kind of against a different you know scheme. Obviously, when they were running that man, and they were running you know Patrick Peterson on one side, and Russ just kept airing it out to the other side. But like, no, I mean, it's I think it's really interesting for Russ this week. And by the way, I mean, speaking of quarterbacks. Reeves, nobody's playing Russell Wilson. You know, nobody's been playing him all year. He's hasn't looked great, even though he has to be the whole offense. And I still kind of believe in, you know, the talent here is just too great for 5,600 bucks over on DK. Like this cheap quarterback range to me, Reeves is just, it just screams like you need to pay down a quarterback this week. Yeah, uh, Doug Baldwin's practicing too. Maybe he'll get a chance to come back. I mean, listen, the cheapest Russell ever was on DK I see was 6,200. He's been under that every week. He's been just there, 63 and under every week on DK. I mean, eventually, yeah, he'll have like that. He's going to get you like a 30-point spot. He, he's not running, which is frustrating. He is, I think he has nine rushing yards, maybe maybe less. Something crazy. But he's not running. It's, that's the bummer. You were always, you know, we want peppered in. We want that hair on fire rust, man. We want those 30, 40 extra points, you know, our, our 30 extra 40 rushing yards to give you those three or four points. Uh, so, I mean, it's interesting. That game is like a crazy low total, too. Uh, the Cardinals aren't running any plays. I think they're averaging 47 plays per game <laughs> through three weeks. Uh, Steve Wilkes is coaching with a tinfoil hat on on the sideline. They're calling plays. Uh, it's just a complete abomination, man. They Listen, they had two touchdowns last week, and it felt like it felt like a jubilation, man. Like You can just feel <laughs> the euphoria washing over Cardinals fans because they scored twice in an NFL football game in 2018 when people are just handing points out to everybody. Uh, it's they they said they were going to get David Johnson involved as a receiver more. Guess what? Didn't happen. Dude, didn't happen at all. Shocking. What? Oh my, oh my goodness, god! I can't yeah. believe it, dude. He's like I don't know if he's the new Hugh Jackson or this year's Vance Joseph or what, but like it's it's. I mean, they are just they are drowning already. It is yeah, bad. It is in bad shape. They've got offensive line injuries. They have no playmakers at wide receiver. Uh, Larry Fitz is hurt. You know, kind of banged up. They're going to bring Rose in. See what kind of like life that sparks. But I mean. They put they threw him to the flyer. They're like, hey, hey, Rook, four minutes to go, go win us this game, you yeah. know. And, you know, Good luck, he, you know. He threw yeah, he threw he threw an interception late on the sideline. The very first play of the next drive, he threw a pick six that they got bailed out on on a on a 
uh, defensive penalty where he just completely telegraphed across the field. Uh, it's going to be real curious to see how this plays out for the Cardinals this well, year. Well, the, the worst play call, they benched David Johnson for the most important play yeah. of the game. Well, yeah, hey, you got to get Chase Edmonds some reps. Oh, my God. <laughs> you've got to punish your, you've got to punish your dual threat receiving back for missing a blitz, for missing a like, pickup like blitz. You, you, have, you, have, him. you have a film session on Monday where you can, yes. you know, you do not have to bench your best friggin' player on the most important play of the game. That, yep. that was, that was, I, I, I can't remember ever seeing a play call that egregious. I, I really can't. Giving yeah. the ball to Chase Edmonds on the perimeter on third and two benching your best player and giving it to your, you know, your fifth round rookie out of Fordham. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that egregious. Oh, go Cardinals. So other quarterbacks we're looking at this week, Reeves, who you got for us? Um, yeah. So there's, so like this is like a really good streaming week and like, obviously it's hot for like, you know, you have a good streaming week and redraft. It tends to bleed over in dfs but you know don't lose sight on some of these top guys they're in good spots old philip rivers is chilling he's off to the hottest start of his career he's got the most fantasy points he's ever scored through weeks the 49ers have a lot of top 10 fantasy quarterback all three games they lost tricky dick uh richard sherman is out um their defense is horrible like they they've just been terrible they, they that team on both sides of the ball has just been ravaged like they're already they're just they're hemorrhaging guy bodies already uh they're not getting a pass rush again this season so i mean philip rivers at home huge favorite probably probably looking like another good spot for him he's not that much i'm i'm curious to see what happens um with aaron Rodgers, man because he was the qb19 the qb12 playing on his one leg here but he did face two of the better pass defenses in the nfl i mean throughout what you saw from the vikings last week they're good defense like they got they got caught either looking ahead or not like they're a good defense still like, there's no way that I'm going to buy that the Vikings are a terrible defense. That Just was... everything snowballed and went as bad as it, as bad as it could for them in that game. Uh, so, I mean, but Rodgers is at home against the Bills in Lambeau. It's the best matchup he's had all season. Uh, I'm curious to see what his ownership is. I feel like it's going to be way under what it should be. And it's a team that's still they're, – they're lining up in shotgun 95% of the time. They really can't run the ball out of shotgun. Um and they still have like a that like whole grouping of running backs now that's kind of a gaggle. So I'm really curious to see if Rodgers bounces back and has a good week because throwing the ball, he's looked fine. He's been fine. He just ran into two good defenses, and, you know, it was in the rain last week. So uh, I'm on Rivers and Rodgers if you're paying up. What about uh, you, Evan? Are you on Rivers Rodgers? you on some other guys? Who are you looking at? Yeah, love Rivers. Um, again, I really like Russell Wilson against the Cardinals. Cardinals have faced the third fewest pass attempts in the NFL, but they have allowed the fifth highest yards per pass attempt and the eighth most completions of 20 plus yards. Okay. So they're not even facing a lot of pass attempts, but they're just hemorrhaging big plays. And, you know, I don't necessarily have data to back this up through three games. I haven't looked it up, but to me over the past few years, I think the best deep ball thrower in the NFL has been Russell Wilson. Um, yep. Just, just straight eyeball test, you know, and Hey, Deshaun Watson had a great year last year throwing the deep ball and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, throw, it throws an amazing, amazing deep ball, but you know, Russell Wilson to me is, is up there with anyone 
Uh, and so I, I think he can really rip that one up, especially if he gets back Doug Baldwin. Um, Mitchell Trubisky has been atrocious, okay? But he's facing the worst pass defense in the NFL by a distance. They start three rookies in the secondary. Uh, I think the Bears can protect at home against the Buccaneers. Um, the Bucks sadly just lost Chris Conti. I was hoping uh, that he would play. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. They had to place him on injured reserve. Um, but I, I mean, he's like Min Price on on uh, on uh, DK, right? Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, but then the problem is there. You have to play Mitchell Trubisky. That's a good point. Yeah, like he's fifty two hundred over there against Tampa Bay, whose secondary is obviously awful, but. Again, I, I'd just rather play Allen Robinson. Like, I'll just play Allen Robinson in this spot, hope that he gets loose. Like, I don't have to play Mitch Trubisky for 5,200 when I can pay 5,600, right? And I can just play Eli Manning or Russ Wilson. Like, that $400 just doesn't matter enough to me. Absolutely. Good All point. right. All right, let's move on do some running backs because we are behind because, well, the Arizona Cardinals will do that to us. Favorite running backs on this slate. Reeves, who you got for us? Zeke. Zeke's going to smash, man, this week. Uh He's getting a ton of work. He's getting 98% of backfield touches. Even with what happened to that Patriots game, the, the, the Lions are still dead last in yards per game, yards per carry allowed the running backs. Uh, Zeke's getting a ton of passing work, just hasn't manifested in the yards. If he could have stayed in bounds on like a wheel route, uh, he would have like a 60-yard receiving touchdown in that game last week. Um, but he just ran out of bounds for no reason. Um, it's going to be a spot where they, they get him at home going. Uh, he's his he's dropped on like 82 on FanDuel. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty good squeeze. Uh, pretty pretty uh, good for him there. So I'm on Zeke. What about you, Evan? Who are you looking at at running back? Yeah, we talked about Tevin and Gio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those guys are awesome plays. We talked about them at the top in, in that uh, Bengals-Falcons game that we covered. Chris Carson, man. I mean, the, the uh, hey, Cardinals. One of the best special team players on the team. Cardinals have faced 106 rushing attempts. They just cannot sustain drives, right? So they faced 106 rushing attempts so far. That's 14 more than the second place team in terms of just rushing attempts allowed. And last week we see Chris Carson get 34 touches which he deserved. I mean, he, he yeah. deserved that. He's better than Rashad Penny right now. Maybe he won't be in six games. Maybe he won't be in 2019. But right now, Chris Carson is the Seahawks' best option. They treated him like that last week. And, you know, if the, the trends kind of hold, I think Chris Carson should get another 25-plus touches against this team that is just hemorrhaging workloads to opposing RBs over 30 30- Point, uh, fantasy points per game uh, allowed to opposing running backs. It's just absurd. I mean, the Cardinals are a team to target with running backs until we see that they aren't. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... 37 touches per game, they allow to running backs. That's, that's because everybody's running up the clock on them because they stink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I get it with Chris Carson. Maybe I'm just, you know... Maybe just because I picked them up, I'm Morrison Rashard Penny moving forward. But I just want I want it to be a rust week. Like, are any I, of you guys playing Sony? I don't I, like thinking, I, it, thinking about it. Like, I just hate clicking on the button of a Patriots running back, and I understand they're losing bodies there quick with Burkhead going down. But like, are you gonna pick Kenyon Barner? Are you worried about Kenyon Barner this week? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, 
I know. I like, I'm supposed to be interested. I know. I just, you know, I haven't looked at my running back pool too deep yet. You know, I don't have it narrowed down at all, but like, I mean, it's, we're so, like, it's the dolphins. Like, are we really scared of the dolphins? Reeves, what do you think about Here, Talk to me about Sonny Michelle. No, I just think it's a curious spot because, you know, obviously people were into him a little bit last week and, he, you know, they just flat out laid an egg. They flat out dominated the Dolphins, even into the Adam Gase era, like in Foxborough. They've won nine games in a row versus the Dolphins. They, that, that rivalry is really weird splits. The Patriots suck in Miami and Miami's terrible in Foxborough. They've won nine in a row versus the Dolphins in Foxborough by an average of 18 points per game. Uh, feels like a good get right spot. Uh, maybe they're still a week away. Maybe when this all gets clicked and when they get Edwin back and Gordon's up to full speed is when we see it really transition. But I mean, it's, it's hard to believe like the Dolphins have faced the Tennessee quarterbacks, uh, Sam Darnold and Derek Carr to start the year. <laughs> like, I mean, it's cool. like they're playing Brady's well better than those guys. No, they're playing well. And nothing about what Ryan Tannehill is doing is sustainable. The guy's averaging almost 10 yards of completion and almost as a 10% TD rate on like 23 attempts a game. <laughs> like, like it's, it, it, things are clicking. It's they're they're three and oh, like, I ain't going to like, listen, take your take your lap on your wins I'm not trying to take those away but a lot of what they're doing doesn't scream sustainability uh so I mean I, I I'm real curious to see he's a huge home favorite Vegas didn't come out and point punches they opened it at seven it opened at seven so I mean it's going to be curious to see so you got a $5,900 back on Fanduel. I think he's 50 he's 50 change on DK um where it's just him and James White this week Kenyon Barner is not getting touches like what are they going to do so wait, are you not interested in James White too? Then at fifty four hundred, yeah, yeah, he's safe. I think James White's safe. You know, he's involved. He leads yeah. the all running backs and air yards. He's scored a touchdown in two of the games. They know it. He's going to be involved in the capacity. We know he's involved. They don't got any receivers. How are you going to come and do an NFL game with three active receivers? By the way, and none of them are really that good. Like they all look, <laughs> they look terrible. It was unbelievable. Like it was a really weird game to win, to watch. By the way, Sony Michelle forty five hundred over on DK. Oh, forty five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at Reeves. He's like, oh no, I'm rooting for Sony Michelle this week. This could get this could get ugly. All right, let's move on to wide receivers real quick because, well, we're right a little behind. We got a lot to talk about. Evan, give me some of your favorite wideouts this week. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we already touched on them all. <laughs> we have. We've kind of been going. Like, Kenny Stills or does Devontae Parker come back scary against that New England secondary? No, that Devontae Parker doesn't really matter for uh, Kenny Stills. Just targets matter for Kenny Stills. And, you know, he hasn't had, like, high-volume games. No player on the Dolphins so far has so much as averaged five targets per game. They, they don't throw the ball. Maybe this week they will, but they, they haven't thrown it so far. All right. So, Reeves, any other wide receivers for you that we haven't touched on? Reeves? He's on mute. Uh, mute. Reeves muted. Reeves, oh, sorry. You, I mean, uh, sorry, it's man. Right. sorry big Getting boy. back in the fold here. Uh, you mentioned Al Robinson. I like him. I mean, 9.3 targets per game against the worst secondary in the league. They've allowed the opposing lead wide receiver to score in every game. Uh, going a step further in that game, I think Taylor Gabriel is kind of interesting. Anthony Miller's out. He's gone from five targets to seven targets to ten targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about, I mean, the, the Bucks defense. Like, he's kind of interesting. Antonio Callaway is really interesting this week. He had 10 targets last week, five from Mayfield when he came in the game. The Raiders are allowing uh, 25% of their completions to go for 20 or more yards. It's the highest rate in the NFL. Uh, kind of an interesting spot. He's min-priced uh, on FanDuel. Uh, kind of, oh. And uh, 
And then uh, I want to play Allen, him in man. cash, dude. I want to play him in cash. Wait, who? Wait, who is this? Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He is Santonio Holmes. I'm telling you, man. He's so fast. I love a good Santonio Holmes reference. That's good. Just, you know, tiptoeing in the end zone. And he, I don't think a lot of people realize he had 10 targets last week because his box score sucked, but he dropped the ball and had, and got overthrown on a deep ball. He could have had a real blow up game in that Thursday night game. Um, uh, in, like in, in the preseason, Mayfield hit him for a monster touchdown. Uh, that, that was the game where. Uh, Hugh Jackson wanted to discipline him and then just played him the entire game. <laughs> the entire preseason that, game. That, that's what he that's, wound that's up a getting great punishment during though. the game. That's and a great punishment. During the game. <laughs> of course he did. I'll tell you what, if you want to punish somebody, let him play for the Browns for an entire game. I don't mind that. I'm going to say one other guy too, and I'm not completely sold on him yet, but guys, 5,300. He's facing a defense that can get beat by the deep ball. We saw he can get a ton of targets last year. He's got 23 targets this year. And I don't think he's going to be popular just because he's been disappointing. Reeves, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not sure. Not, Corey, not Corey Davis. Oh, no chance. Why not? Because his quarterback can't. His quarterback admittedly said he can't fully grasp the football. Corey Davis has the lowest rate of catchable targets out of all <laughs> NFL receivers with 20 or more targets. Then they came when Mariota was forced to play last week, they completely just tried to hide that he couldn't throw. Yeah, but like, has, I mean, that's got to get better, right? I mean, if he's left handed, maybe if he becomes left handed, it gets better. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice a little bit on Corey Davis. Crane, Crane. So I had the pleasure of being assigned for uh, Roto World watching the Jaguars Titans game last that's, week. That's sad. Uh, and uh, today I played um, uh, catch uh, with my six-year-old daughter in the backyard. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, you know, that pass looks better than uh, the ones that Mar- Marcus Mariota was throwing on Sunday. Uh, I was so really sad. proud of her, gave her a hug and we went uh, and uh, ate ice cream. Uh, and then you bought her a Mariota jersey and say, oh, you too can play in the NFL. All right, guys, we got to get off here. They just poo-pooed on my Corey Davis. That broke my heart, but I get it. Thank you so much to Roto World and Roto Grinders for the show. I'm Eric Crane. He's Evan Silva, and he's Rich Rebar. You've been listening to the DFS Pick 6, RotoGrinders.com. See you later.